Welcome to the Twilight Conversations. My name is Jimmy, and in this podcast, I'll be exploring human relationships, human potential, and that curious space between the dark and the light. Hello, and welcome to episode 45, 45 of Twilight Conversations. 45, baby David and the Royal Family. Remember the Royal Family? What a brilliant sitcom that was. Great by the, the beautiful, sadly she's gone, Carolina Heron and Craig Cash wrote it. Sue Johnson and Ricky Tomlinson. It was a genius comedy program, if you don't know it. All, mainly all in the living room with the telly on and them sitting on the couch. It was just fucking brilliant. I loved it, love it, love it. Um, the beautiful theme tune was Oasis, Half a World Away. I was very sad to hear it now thinking the Caroline's gone, you know. Um, she was a comedy genius, but they were all just brilliant. So I often watch reruns of the Royal Family. Royal Family. Nana. Barbara. Hello, Barbara. <laughs> Hello, Nan. <laughs> That's all that happened. They come in. What you doing? What's for tea? Watch out for your tea. <laughs> Can you say baby David? She never looked after the baby. <laughs> I'll stay here for me tea. Yeah. But it was just so beautifully bland and brilliant at the same time and so exciting oh fantastic anyway that's what came to me when i had that kind of manchester kind of accent you know even though um ricky thompson the dad jim he was a scouser he is a scouser isn't he all right barbara all right brilliant brilliant very nostalgic when i think of that you know and i think of the talent of carolina here and even when she was miss merton miss merton wasn't it she did the old granny in the little sandals fucking fantastic and she was in the fast show for us, I think it was, which is also a brilliant show. Anyway, today I'm going to talk to you about, again, it does follow on a little from last week, even a bit brighter because all that heavy narcissist stuff can be a bit dark and the psychopaths and the sociopaths. Hope and inspiration I'm going to talk a bit about today. And again, in a very real grounded way, not in a, like a pretend positive way. Let's all be hopeful. And of course, there's a million songs, there's a million quotes, and I might name some of them to describe hope and inspiration. But I'm really more like I did with, I was talking about like in the last podcast, an attitude of gratitude and love. This is an attitude of hope and inspiration because hope needs to be grounded in reality, right? Liverpool are not going to win the premiership. I can hope all they fucking like it ain't going to happen they would be very lucky to get into the top four, right? So we've got to be realistic, you know, feet on the ground, head in the clouds. So real hope is an attitude based in reality. It's a way of, it's being hopeful in reality. It's a way of viewing things. It's the seeing the possibilities. Possibilities begin to shine. It's a very creative process. Even in the darkest of places, you can, and you know you're in a dark place, you can still engage with hope, you know, um, without a shadow of a doubt. I am also going to just take a look at the word. Oh, yeah, hope and inspiration. Inspire comes from the Latin, inspiratus, to breathe into. It's lovely, isn't it, to breathe into, like enthusiasm, to breathe God into, or God breathes into you, to enthuse, to fill with. So inspire, it's a lovely word. I like the sound of the word, onomatopoeic, is that the term? Where a word sounds like it is. And inspire is one of them. You can, you can feel the kind of flash of breath or inspiration, light coming through you. Hope is kind of some kind of old Saxon English bland fucking meaning, but 
uh, in this context we mean like to to cherish a desire with anticipation like to to want something to happen to be true but again within a grounded you know we've got a reality check what it is we're hoping for you know and if we realize we're not going to get that we can still be hopeful just about something else maybe hopeful about accepting that i'm not going to have what i want this is very nice to you. Mm. I've been on a good roll with the tea lately. I think it's been really nice I'm catching it while it's hot because sometimes when you talk and it goes a bit cold, even though I have a teapot with a kind of a hat on it as a cozy. So I'm just going to, you know, just talk a little bit, explore hope and inspiration in, in the theme I usually do, you know, around relationship, life. You know, I'm usually talking about coming from a difficult place, be that addictions, difficult relationships, trauma, abuse type of thing. That tends to be my happy themes. But there's a paradox there because there's wonderful transformation goes on in those places. You know, you don't have to be in those categories. We all, uh, in this earth journey, as we call it, are subject to, you know, uh, disappointment and hurt and letdown and things not going right and having to find inspiration or try to discover it or you know um and again that can come in flashes and in moments absolutely of course it can and yes you know those moments of truth you know talk about insight maybe the third eye from the spiritual traditions of Taoism, buddhism hinduism and and generally i think the third eye which is just situated between the eyebrows uh, is the area that's often connected to or associated with intuition insight dreaming uh fantasy creative positivity that type of stuff it has a connection to the gut chakra as well that's why they'll, they'll be connected but it's also situated there so it's like a gateway between the kind of uh, earth and the heavens as well where we move into a more expansive place often it can happen there in the, in the third eye that's open or closed as they say so it's a, this is a kind of a third eye um podcast if you like i just love when you get that flash in a moment or i love when you hold a, 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 an inspirational attitude it kind of comes to you gradually it might come nice and slowly or it might come in like out of the classic blue but the blue is a place of of depth like you could quote all day this like the, the worlds are washed now with kind of inspirational quotes and positivity which is great i don't want to lean into that too much but a couple come to mind like the great albert einstein and all the wonderful things he said you know and i love this one everybody is a genius but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree it will live its whole life believing that it's stupid. I love that because I've 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 been that fish in the, in the wrong system, you know what I mean? And it not working out. I think for me and I think a lot of people, uh, maybe from my time from the seventies, eighties, were in that situation in school where they you know, it, it was the wrong setting to to bring out someone's giftedness or whatever. Everyone has that, you know, it's the wrong set. It just didn't kind of work for me other than a couple of very inspirational teachers that tried to help, that were thinking more forward, more progressively, you know, more left field, more lateral thinking, I suppose, what we're talking about here. Not straightforward ABC thinking, which is fine. So what a great quote. Everybody is a genius. We are all geniuses. But we never discover that genius if we're, we're going down the wrong street the whole time. You know, you just looking like a fucking idiot. <laughs> you know? And then you're in, it's like what I talked about, field phenomenon. You're in certain settings and like you're the king for the day. You go somewhere else and people want to have a shit on you. <laughs> it's a fascinating world we live in, isn't it? How that can all change by the change of a street, going into a different house, meeting a different group of people. Yeah, and I think we need to be realistic about the hope. And I was talking about the, thoroughly the positive fantasy 
visualization is really important, you know. And again, realistically, because we do all the talk of manifesting, but there's a huge connection between what we visualize, what we see, what we imagine, you know, in our brain to actually bringing that about. We will create that. There's a kind of science to that as well. You know, I know there's a whole load of fucking hokum about it as well, but there actually really is what you see you will bring about, so to speak. So it's to use imagination creatively. That's a very spiritual piece, isn't it? What we hope for and, and realistically, you know, seeing, feeling, smelling the sensations of something working out and how that would be, you know, it has to align with the reality as well. Our own George Bernard Shaw, fucking genius of a, of a writer, very clever. I love this as well. You see things and you say, why? But I dream of things that never were and say, why not? Beautiful, beautiful. I love the possibility, you know. Yeah, there comes a point where we are flogging a dead horse. It's kind of like that we're hitting a wall. It's like, okay, I think we need to accept this. This ain't happening or is happening. Da, da, da. You are going to jail. You're not getting the job. You're not getting the raise. Whatever the thing might be. But beforehand, if we can engage what, what uh, George Bernard Shaw is talking about, can we dream of things that never were? What a lovely way of looking at it. Because we think, oh, that won't happen because we base it on what we know and that's fine. But there may be some piece we, that never was that could come into being, we could bring into being. You know, again, if it's aligned with real, the real world. It's on a few quotes now, I suppose. Mark Twain, always, always, always. Um, what's his fame? Well, he's got millions of famous ones. I love this one. 20 years from now, you'll be more disappointed by the things that you didn't do than by the ones that you didn't do. So throw off the bowlines, sail away from the safe harbour, catch the trade winds in your in your sails, explore, dream, discover. I love that. When I was younger, I used to think that meant you had to get in a boat, travel. I was thinking, that nah, doesn't work for me. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I didn't get the metaphor at the time, you know. Uh, you could stay in your house and do all of that. It's how you're going to approach the next conversation, the next encounter, you know. I love the imagery of that. Take the risk. You'll hear me talking about the positive risks. Come out of the safe harbour. Catch those trade winds. It's a lovely image, isn't it? You can nearly smell the sea, can't you? Whew. Explore, dream, discover. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Isn't it beautiful to have tried openly? You know, it doesn't work out. It just means it wasn't meant to. And that's okay. So this is the whole hope and inspiration. I'm looking at it from a different perspective, very real, but how hugely important hope and inspiration are for us to navigate our way through this planet and our relationships. You know, it's it's essential. We can find ways to be inspired or to inspire um, and to remain in hope, but with our feet on the ground, not false hope, because that's terrible to sell someone a false hope. You know, but we can deliver difficult information, we can face difficult things and be hopeful of resolution and be hopeful we will be okay. As I said, it's an attitude. Oh yeah, one of my favourite authors from my one of my favourite, most inspirational books, maybe because of the time before Shredder, Jonathan Livingston, Se- Livingston Siegel and uh, Richard Bach was the author. And a beautiful line there is, don't believe what your eyes are telling you. All they show is limitation. Look with your understanding. Find out what you already know. I love that. Find out what you already know and you will see the way to fly. Love it. Let's begin with level flight. And level flight is at one level quite fundamental and basic, but it's really, really deep and powerful. Level flight is the stance you're in, the starting point from love, respect, kindness, openness and curiosity. That's level flight. That's your starting point. That attitude. 
let's begin there. Let's begin with that. Let's always go back to that. You begin with level flight, you always go back to level flight. It's a circle, as I see it, you know, but I love the how to fly and the metaphor of what that might mean, you know. I'm thinking as well, you know, uh, I just, I just keep quoting people because there's so many wonderful quotes and I will. Um, this is probably most relevant when our back's against the wall. And again, you don't have to be in addiction or a bad relationship for that to happen. Although those things come into sharp contrast at those particular times because of the difficulty and where as human beings, those places can bring us, you know, humbly to the depths of our beings, you know, where we're on a, down on a look, maybe we were homeless, maybe we're losing a relationship, we're losing children, we're losing dignity and self-respect, wh whatever it is, you know, in, in addiction and, and those kind of crazy relationships is a bit more dramatic, but most human beings will encounter a loss, difficulty, challenge at some point, you know. It's part of, as I said, it's part of the human journey, isn't it? It's part of what we are here on the planet for, I think, you know, definitely. Yeah, you can't really, I, I don't know if you can approach life where you think everything's going to be fine all the time, because I mean, you'd have to be a fucking idiot to see that it's not. You know, I spoke about this last, in the last podcast, the kind of imperfect nature of, of our being, you know. Um, I'm more referring to the kind of, oh, we call it, I'd say paradoxical, I use that word an awful lot, the kind of multifaceted nature of living. You know, the highs, the lows, the ups, the downs, the changes that will inevitably come, you know. Um, they're hugely, hugely important to accept as part of life. But I suppose, again, what I'm getting at is it's to accept that. What's the attitude that we have behind that? As I'm saying, if you have an attitude of hope, inspiration, kindness, love, you know, rather than that being present sometimes when things go well or, you know, the circumstances. It's lovely when things go well and you feel love and you feel, you know, inspired and brilliant. I'm not taking that away. But if you can maintain that even when things dull down a bit or get a bit shitty. And, and as always, I'm going to quote something, a song that has a dark element to it. No, not dark bad, but it's someone, you know, could be in a difficult, difficult space. Um... It's often through the dark, that confusion and painful place that those very profound, radical changes or pivots can occur in human beings. It certainly has for me, you know. So I'm going to just quote this song. I'll tell you the band afterwards. Okay. So listen to these lyrics. They're just extraordinary. Lost in thought, lost in time. While the seeds of life and the seeds of change were planted outside, the rain fell dark and slow. While I pondered on this dangerous but irresistible pastime, I took a heavenly ride through our silence. I knew the moment had arrived for killing the past and coming back to life. I took a heavenly ride through our silence. I knew the waiting had begun and headed straight into the shining sun. That's called coming back to life from Pink Floyd from the album Division Bell. Hugely, hugely important song to many human beings. Um, and I love what it's saying. Love it, love it. Um, so you can you can see there someone in a very difficult, dark, almost hopeless situation, but somewhere in that, at some moment through that suffering, and it may be kind of relentless suffering, a little shift happens. It's a little shimmy, a way of seeing things, a flash comes, or you hear a song, and you know, I have this. I'm changing. This is going. You know, I've tried to change, but this is happening. I'm going towards the sun. 
And there's an acknowledgement there that was in that song through the full lyrics, the person writing the song feels quite abandoned by people. There's a lot of where were you? Where were you all when I was on me on the ass, you know? And we all know that experience. And people may have been there, they may not have been there, but we all know the feeling. And we can get quite hopeless and a bit cynical. And then this whoosh, happens. Okay. I think I, I quote Pink Floyd in most uh, podcasts. Um, and again, a lot of people wouldn't associate hope with Pink Floyd, but I'm hugely hopeful. Same with Leonard Cohen, Dory Previn, and uh, Nick Cave, those people that seem kind of dark singers. I get great inspiration and hope from them because they go to those places, they talk about the difficult places, they name them, they, they play music about them, which again creates that inspiration then because it's like, oh, oh, you know this, this is known, creates a breathing space, doesn't it, to, to move on, you know? I'm going to uh, talk a little bit more about hope and inspiration. Um, and again, not just through um, loving, well, through loving relationships, yeah, all kinds of relationships, whether that's in our family, whether that's in with friendships, whether that's with uh, lovers, whether that's with uh, colleagues in work or strangers on the street, but primarily also with ourselves. You know, do I... Can I generate, you can't force it to happen, but can I be open to and generate the energy of hope and inspiration or to be open to be inspired? You know, and I don't mean sitting around like, where's this fucking inspiration coming from? Just keep that nice openness to something, to a tune popping into your head or someone making a call or whatever it might be. You know, you'll just see it. it might come when you're not expecting it, you know. It might be a little movement inside of you. Might be a thought just drops in and kind of goes, I actually can do this. Or I'm sick of this now, I'm changing this. Or I think there's a way. I think there's a way. You know, you've been kind of against a wall or something and then you notice this big, big wall and you've been bashing out of rages and you're just about ready to kind of go, look, I think I'll throw in the towel. Then you see a little doorway you hadn't seen before and you think, oh, could, is that, could I, is that, and, and then it opens out and the sunlight streams in. I'm hearing Jackson Brown. When the morning light comes streaming in, we'll get up and do it again from the beautiful song, The Pretender. Great, great song. I love Jackson Brown. We'll get up and do it again. So I was thinking of, some of you may know, I would be a big Winnie the Pooh fan, but I always stress, not wrong with Walt Disney, Falcon Grand, but kind of very tacky version of Winnie the Pooh. The real Winnie the Pooh was written by A.A. Milne and the illustrations were by E.H. Shepard. And uh, the two main books there are Winnie the Pooh and The House of Pooh Corner. I have a combination of the two, but I have them two separately as well. Those illustrations and the way, the very poetic, clever way uh, A. A. Milne writes are just extraordinary, totally enchanting, very funny, very uh, poignant, sad, a lovely... Um, description of human traits and characters through these little animals in this kind of forest. I love the way children can enjoy it, but for adults, it's so clever. It's very, very funny. So uh, as inspiration, I was thinking of um, a particular one of the stories from Winnie the Pooh, which I kind of nearly know off by heart, but I, obviously I'm not going to quote the whole chapter and I would never do the eloquence that A. Mill writes with. You may know one of the characters is Eeyore the Grey Donkey, right? He lives in a kind of a sad, boggy part of the forest. Now, Eeyore's a little bit dark, you know, right? Not many people realise that. He's a bit paranoid and he's, he's one of those, he's not a covert narcissist, 
but he'd be a very mild version. He'd make it uneasy in his company because he's kind of got that gloom around him with a little edge and you don't want to upset him. You're kind of, people tend to walk on eggshells around him and no one can ever make him happy. So the usual thing is when you go, oh, you've come to see me, or says, oh, yeah, no one ever comes to see me in this sad part of the forest. But go on, you're probably looking for someone else. And he has this lovely sardonic humour, which is just fucking delightful. So he's the paranoid donkey. He's always thinking people are thinking bad about him. And he gets a, bit, a little bit aggressive, but you just know there's no real harm in him. You just want to give him a hug. He just wants to be loved, really, you know. And he's not going to harm you. You know the difference. He's not going to harm you. That's the difference between him and a kind of a, a kind of a malevolent type of character he's not it's just a bit of bluster with him he just he's just so sad and he just feels so bad about himself and of course i can identify we can there's a bit of an er in us all he just wants to be loved he can't really believe anyone would want to come and visit him so when they happen to come visit him he makes a sarcastic joke like oh you're looking for someone else there over there oh you just stumbled across here by mistake did you he's one of them right anyway the gist of this is this is a beautiful bit of hope and inspiration eeyore's birthday was coming up they all knew. And Pooh says to Piglet, and you know Pooh is a bear with a very little brain, who, um, no surprise, uh, Benjamin Hoff wrote a book about Taoism based on Winnie the Pooh because he has all the characteristics of being a Taoist or a Buddhist. He's a complete acceptance. Thinks about food the whole time. Doesn't do anyone any harm. Uh, doesn't have a, they, they say he doesn't have a brain. He has fluff that the wind blew in. What a lovely metaphor for he's not caught up in his head. He just lives in the moment, right? Looks forward to his snacks, his bit of honey in his little house, which is in a tree. His clock is sat at 11 o'clock the whole time. So whenever he looks at it, he goes, oh, 11 o'clock, just time for a little smack or something. He has something to eat. No matter what's going on, it's always going to be about something to eat. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, but somehow he, everything comes, comes good for him. The bear. So he's the star of the show in a way. But his little friend Piglet, who's a tiny little timid animal, um, beautiful, he's really small. And when he gets a bit nervous, his ears flutter. And he gets a bit, because he's really small and he's always with Pooh and he's always looking to hold his paw when they're out walking. You know, they're best of friends. So Pooh says to him, it's your birthday tomorrow. And uh, Piglet said, oh, oh, is it? And and the way a Milne writes, you can hear Piglet saying, oh, I wish I had a thought of it first, you know, it is in her dialogue, right? So um, Piglet says, what are you going to get him? He says to, to Pooh, and Pooh says, oh, I have this lovely pot at home. It's a very useful pot, and I think Eeyore would like it, and he could put things in it. And Piglet says, could I give that to him too? Pooh says, no, no, you have to get your own present. It's important you do your own present. Okay, so they go off, and they agree to meet the next day to get down to Eeyore and give him whatever presents they have, right? So Pooh goes home, has his food, falls fast asleep because he's in the present moment and he's, he has serenity. Piglet is lying in bed wondering, is he going to be angry? What way is he going to be? He's anxious, right? And then he's kind of, a little pride's coming. I wish I had a thought about it first, he says. So then he comes up with this little plan. I'll get up earlier and I'll go down to ER first. So ER is going to think, I bought him the present first. Then he has this lovely big balloon, you remember, that he's going to bring. He said, you can't be uncheered with a balloon, right? So he's, he's getting he's feeling very happy with himself. He's going to bring the balloon down. And of course, when you're around a character like Eeyore, you want to please him. He'd be really pleased that I thought of his birthday and I thought of it first. So you get the scent. So he wakes up in the morning. He can hardly sleep. He's so excited. Wakes up really early. Gets his balloon. Because he's a lovely big blue balloon. And uh, Piglet's a very small animal, remember? And he was so excited. He was running along. He couldn't wait to get to Eeyore. Of course, he trips and falls and the balloon bursts. Right, His world ends in that moment. There's... There's nothing left but this little damp rag, right? And at the same time, Pooh's coming along with his lovely pot. 
And then it's just beside Eeyore, and Eeyore says, what's wrong, little piglet? You seem to be upset about something. And he, piglet's crying because it's <laughs> right. Pooh gives him the pot, and Eeyore says, thank you, young Pooh, that's fantastic. A pot, I can put things in that. Isn't it a pity now I've got nothing to put in my useful pot? And um, they look at a, a piglet again. What's that damp rag there you've got going on? said Eeyore in a stern voice. <laughs> piglet said, it was a balloon I had for you, but I fell and I burst it. And Eeyore said, moment of genius, pivot from Eeyore, right? Give him credit. He said, wait a minute. I think that balloon now would fit into my pot, right? It wouldn't have done beforehand. Look, it goes in, he said, and he put it in the pot and it goes out. And Pooh said, it goes in and out like anything. So there was Eeyore, happy as ever, with his useful pot and something to put in the useful pot. And then the day became brighter again, and Pooh and Piglet went off and were really happy. Now, a beautiful, simple story, but listen to the undercurrent in that. Isn't it just delightful? Right? Here's this paranoid, edgy fucking donkey who feels shit about himself, delighted that he has these presents. So things can work out, you know? There's a bit of inspiration, and it came from the donkey. It was his idea to kind of go, I think that will work in there. So I thought I'd just throw that in because it's so enchanting, so lovely. I'm waiting for you to go off and read the real story because when A.A. Milne writes it, it's fucking brilliant. That's Winnie the Pooh, Eeyore and Piglet. There's a singer called F.M. Latte. I think that's Latte. It's like the coffee drink, isn't it? F.M.L. slash A.E.T.I. A song called You Inspire Me. Of course. And... Uh, it goes something like this, and it goes something like this, as if I'm going to sing. It goes something like this. You inspire me. I'll try my best to be so good to you. You inspire me. You bring out the best in me. I'll bring out the best in you, because you inspire me. I'll be so good to you. What I love, it's a great, great song, if you don't know. What I love in it is that just sheer desire to want to bring out the best in someone. I want to do the best for you. It's the, the will, the desire. The, I want to inspire you because you inspire me. And that generates that energy. Isn't that beautiful? You know, isn't that lovely? Um, I made reference in the last podcast to Melanie, Melanie Safka, and the song Beautiful People. And it's a very inspirational song as well in terms of um, its openness to connect with other human beings. And it's a whole attitude of hope in it. So uh, a little bit of that would go. The song's called Beautiful People, and she's a hippie chick from the late 60s, early 70s, so that's the way she, she rolls. So she's saying, we're beautiful people because you ride in the same subway as I do every morning. That's got to tell you something. We've got so much in common. I go the same direction that you do. So if you take care of me, then maybe I'll take, take care of you because all the beautiful people do. So here's this singer just making something spectacular out of going the same direction as someone in the morning. There's an attitude to have. That's got to tell you something. We've got so much in common, you know? We're not that far apart, really, you know? That's inspiration. That's hope. I know there's a lot of song quotes there, but, you know, that's the kind of thing it is, isn't it? You know? And, like, there's so many we could look at, like, you know, the obvious people like Mandela and uh, the Martin Luther King, the great inspirational characters, Christ, Buddha, you know? But what about the ordinary heroes? You know, the men and women who are quietly going about that business every day, doing good for the world that nobody knows about. They're, they're, they are, the re- aren't they though? You know, I know it's a bit cliche to say that, but they are, humbly. They're not getting any banners out. No one's quoting them. You know, they're quietly going about their business, getting home at night, having an oven dinner, watching a bit of telly, a bit of Netflix, knocking one out maybe if they're on their own, you know, whatever they do. 
and they've done a lot of lo- lovely days work and they've doesn't matter what they do they've just been nice to people how inspiring is that man or woman or you're thinking of like something spectacular like um in woodstock in 1968-69 when joe cocker who was relatively unknown and the beatles didn't even it does this version of um little help from my friends i'm sure you all know it fucking hell I mean, the Beatles were blown away by it themselves. They couldn't believe why. I mean, if you haven't heard that, go listen to it, but I'm sure you have by now. It's, it's fucking iconic. And he's just such a spectacular. I think he's like, yeah, he's passed away, unfortunately. He's got that, he's from fucking Sheffield. He's got that husky, gritty voice. But what a version of that song. That would inspire you just listening to it. That would just give you hope straight away. You want to take on the world when you hear that. I often just play that just for that inspiration. I like the Beatles version as well, but it's a much quieter version. Um, but Joe Cocker's version fuck and it's like those gorgeous mistakes out of the blue no one thought it was going to have that impact you know and then the gorgeous mistake isn't a mistake at all it's meant to be yeah that out of the blue the flash of inspiration the gorgeous mistake hopeful that you know, outlook again as there with the feet on the ground and the head in the clouds that creative pivot or swivel that change that arc where you see beyond the pattern or you see beyond the problem without ignoring the problem you know, it's not about being in denial, you, but you see beyond it, you see ways. That's a certain mindset, you know, or, you know, people say you're the problem or the solution. That can be a bit of a cliche, but genuinely, yeah, we recognize that is there. Yeah, I see that. It's a bit, a bit edgy, a bit ugly. Can you see something different though? Can you see past that? What do we need to do? And if we can't, then the creativity is we accept that. We meet that and we find a way to, to be in that and we move in a different direction or we find a way through this. You know, we might need to take a few breaths and sit back. Let's come back to it tomorrow. You know, be patient. Patience is a lovely, lovely quality. Of course, there comes a time to throw in the towel. We know that. But we kind of instinctively get to know that. So it's okay to say, let's 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 have a night's sleep and see how this looks tomorrow. You know, if it still looks kind of the same, we'll, we'll, we'll meet on that one. We'll see where we are. And just a shape could change. You get an idea. Something happens in a dream. You have a look. You just have that ability to see it a bit differently. You're fresher. You know, you've got more energy. You see a solution you didn't see before. And there's always a solution. Even if the solution is, we need to give this up. But you know what I mean? Once we've exhausted all of the possibilities. Possibilities begin to shine. I love that term. That's the, the end of a lyric in uh, by a Ketel Koinig, Breton, a Welsh singer, I think she is, uh, from the 80s, 90s. Possibilities begin to shine. I can't think of the song. It's the end line of the song. I will be quoting one of our songs as I go on, you know. So I'm looking at open systems here, open mind, expansive, you know, the creative flow, that energy. Now, that can fluctuate, you can close at different times, that's okay. But don't shut it off. Let it open again. You know, let it ebb and flow. Breathe, stay with it. Stay with that. It's exciting. It's interesting. Yeah, you need to regroup. You may need to be quiet for a while. You need to sleep. You need to, and then open again. Open. Close for a little break, you know, regroup, back in again. I know it's hard if you get really hurt and disappointed. You go, I'm never doing that again. I feel so humiliated. We can breathe and come through that and come back stronger. It's okay. The human smile. We know there's a lot of positive smiling and masking with smiles. I've done a little bit of that. But there's something profound from the baby's smile, teenage smile, you know, where you're feeling all awkward and uncomfortable and acneed and greasy-haired. You know, you don't want to smile. Or I remember, as I, I probably told you before, 
by accident how my older brother knocked out my front teeth with a with a, a lemonade bottle. This is a real age one now. We used to get money back on the lemonade bottles back in the day. And we both saw one at the same time. We went running out to buy a few smokes. We went running for it. And uh, he picked it up first. Now I'm faster than him, but I don't know how he got it first. He, he was older than me. He was a bit stronger. He did. Because I'm faster, I went belting after him. My brother Brendan, you know. And I didn't see, he had it on his shoulder. He was running and he stopped suddenly. And I ran right in for it. Next minute I was spitting out bits of teeth. <laughs> so for most of my, that was about 12, 13, most of my teens, I had one tooth missing and the other one was kind of, you know, and, and it just wasn't the wherewithal to sort it out. I got sorted out eventually. So I didn't smile for ages. I had my hand over my mouth. There's a lot of shame attached to that. You know, we know the mouth is very important, but I eventually got it sorted out. And the difference that began to make then, you know, over time. But the human smile, I'm talking about inner and outer, you know. What's that Texas song? You touch my inner smile. You know, that inner smile where, you know, your Buddhists will talk about that or people that are peaceful seem to have that inner smile, even if I've gone through some sadness. It's kind of just below the surface, which is lovely, isn't it? And the impact that has when you smile at someone, you know. I often do it as an experiment in the street. You have to be careful now because some nut job, some paranoid uh, fucker, much more paranoid than Eeyore the donkey, will hit you. What are you smiling at? You know, but just try and, you know, just smiling at people, an old man or a woman, or and just watch gradually how infectious it is. They will smile at you when they realize you're not taking the piss and, 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 they, go, and they go off. It's nice. Just simple little things like that. How powerful it is to smile at someone, you know. Yeah, you can do it all in the flirty style and that's fine. But I mean, just genuinely smiling at someone. Just It's a, an instinct, the, the impact that has on someone. Someone smiles at me, like I beam straight back at them. It's just like, ding, you know. Um, so thankfully, I'm never far from a smile myself. You know, I always find that in myself where I don't have to look very hard, you know. Um, and you let it through your whole body kind of thing. And that, that generates and creates hope you know inspiration you know and I, I'm not talking about pretending I'm not sad I can be really sad but find a place to smile as well you know and they can be together and sometimes it's hard to smile I get that I don't want nuts I'm real you know but it'll come around and there's something about that the impact that has on the system when we smile when you smile the whole world smiles with you isn't that the song yeah but I'm talking about the real one I'm not the pretend one I've done the pretend moment. I've been in bits. Now you're grand. <laughs> Fucking broken up inside. <laughs> um, yeah. Paradoxically allows sadness and other feelings to emerge and release when you're able to be with your inner smile. And laughter, of course. The sound of laughter. and The feeling of laughter. The effect that has uh, on your being. Where the real core or a, a possibility, an avenue or uh, a route to core peace deep down, because I'm talking about inner peace, really. Smile, you know. You can have moments of great happiness and excitement, but that always fades away. But that inner kind of calm or peace, that can remain there. And I think exploring life and death, that paradox, you know, coming, uh, not in any morbid way, that uh, we are all going to die. 100%. Maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe 20 or 30 years. We don't know. But it's going to happen. And there's a sense of unpredictability about that. Yes, we keep ourselves well, try to stay healthy. You know, you do all the right things, but there's a whole, it's still a part of it's out of our control, right? And that's daunting and it's fearful. <gasps> but somehow embracing that and breathing into that and moving into a space of acceptance around that, you know, as in a lot of meditations are around that, our own death. 
when they're not morbid at all, they have the opposite effect. You know, it's the quite radical acceptance. It kind of transcends. It's very freeing. It's peaceful. It's humbling. And it's absolutely inspirational. It gets you into the like, you know, at the very least, what am I fucking waiting around for? Let's do the thing. Let's live. You know, let's live. Let's let's make that decision, you know, within reason. Let's taste that food. Let's do that. Let's go to that country if I want to go. Let's tell that person how I feel. Show my family member how I love them. Whatever it might be. You know, what am I waiting for? Really? What are you? I'm saying that to you, listeners. What the fuck are you waiting for? The magic day is here. This is the magic day. It's here. Right? And I'm not talking about being impulsive and doing something stupid. I'm talking about really important things. Why wait? Yes, there's a time to wait. I said that earlier on for certain things and let it percolate. We know the difference. But you know one of the things you put, I must, I mean, I've been waiting, yeah, I must tell him or I must make that, you know, blah, blah. tell them. And tell them without expecting anything back. You've looked after your end. If something comes back to you, hallelujah. If it doesn't, you haven't lost anything. You can know you've honoured yourself in this piece. You know, so I just think the exploration of um, and acceptance of our mortality the, I talked about that, the, where, where spiritual beings have the human's experience when our bodies, and I certainly am feeling it, begin to slow down a little bit. I was playing football yesterday, five aside. Didn't have a great game. I did the week before. On fucking fire the week before. Everything went well. Yesterday was a bit, yeah, you know, I kind of hurt my neck, I twisted in some way, but it's an, it's an age thing. Our bodies start to, and they will eventually break down. You know, that's for certain. Our spirits will go on course because we're spiritual beings but we get attached to the old body and the flesh but it, it, it does change so maybe when you get older it's easier to accept that i don't know but i certainly do and i get great peace from that you know it actually inspires me to live more it inspires me to do these podcasts to play football to i'm gonna watch liverpool at half four now time to get a little bit of lunch as well before the match kicks off liverpool tottenham outside chance outside chance Liverpool can make the top four which if you're in the know means they're going to get into the Champions League next year which means more money prestige and all that outside chance so really important game so we'll see we'll see but I enjoy that you know all that type of stuff it's like what am I waiting for you know I'm saying the same thing. What, what, what would I be waiting for? why don't I enjoy now you know I'll do this when ah yeah when I get when I get yeah why not now Act as if it's already here. The magic day is here. Have faith. Have faith. It's here. You don't have to be religious or spiritual. Just have faith. That's here. What else would you be doing? What's life for, you know? I say. So, I'm going to end with, because um, this is really part two of last week. You know, it's not a new part, a new podcast, paradox, a new podcast, really. I'll be doing a slightly different subject the following week. But I think there'll always be strains of what I talk about. You'll see that running through everything. With uh, a song from Ketel Koinig, who I spoke about, very unusual type of voice singer. And the song's called I Had One Hell of a Life. right? And she's in the song embracing death. You know, in a, in a very uplifting way, a very playful way in the song. And here's some of what she says in it. Fear and guilt accumulate, and the time's never right to deal with it. 
well, maybe, maybe now. You can live your life on an endless weight or build it in the present tense. Maybe now, maybe, maybe now. Build it with serendipity, build it with serendipity. And then she says, when we are all dead, they won't philosophize or feel regret. They remember us when we said we had one hell of a life, we had one hell of a life. So you can get the gist there. What's the point in regretting? Yeah, it's okay to feel regret, do something about it. What's the point in hanging, you know, having a heavy guilt? Maybe the time comes to deal with that. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to move on, you know, so you can be free in your death. So there'd be no need to philosophize about, about your life or uh, wonder about it because they'll say, Jesus, he had one hell of a life, didn't he? Or she had one hell of a life. Wouldn't that be, a, I mean, people may say all oh, the lovely things about you, but at the very least, yeah, let's go with that. At the very least, wouldn't you want people to be saying, geez, they had one hell of a life, didn't they? You know, and then they could add on lots of unique stuff about you. So again, that air is there. Clear the way, clear the path. You know, let go of the regrets, minimize the regrets, learn from the regrets, try out the thing. Go get the girl, get the boy, get the man, get the woman, get the job, get the the promotion, don't get the promotion, whatever, you know. Love your family, tell them how you feel, you know. What's it take? A bit of breath, a bit of, I love you. What does it take to say that? I love you, you know. <laughs> Even if it feels uncomfortable, do it. I remember when I first, um, other than being a child, in my teens I didn't, but then later on when life changed for me positively, when I began to say to my both my mother and father, who were not very much in love with each other at all, in very different places in the world, still are, I love you, you know, and I was doing it just for me, and how I actually felt nauseous saying it, nothing to do with them, but just what that brings up, it's going to be embarrassing, uncomfortable, we're often trying to mind the other person's feelings, at least I am anyway, that's a pattern for me, I'll mind, I don't want them to feel uncomfortable by me being me, but I got used to it, and then we say it all the time, and even hugging, hugging my mom, you know, since I was a Young child, I didn't do that because I was ashamed and all that kind of stuff. Now I can't get enough of her. I'll hug her all day and kiss her and tell her I love her, you know, and she me, you know, and on the phone, you know, love you, and you should never hang up. Love you, Pesh. Yeah, yeah, love you. Okay, yeah, I love you. <laughs> it goes on, <laughs> which is really sweet, isn't it? You know, but you know what I mean? All it takes, just start, get it in motion. Whether maybe it's not your mom or your dad, it could be another sibling you're a bit out of connection with or whatever. You know, sometimes there's good reasons we need to stay away from people if they're harmful. I'm not I'm not going to lead you into the lion's den. But you know, if it's just a bit of awkwardness or time has passed, it's very liberating to change that. It just does something to your own soul and it doesn't do any harm to the other. Even if they get a bit embarrassed and they don't say it back, they'll come back to you. It's all right, you know, but you're not doing it. Don't look for the result. Don't look for the outcome. And when if any outcome comes, that's a bonus. So, I hope you feel a little bit of hope and inspiration from listening to the podcast or are thinking about that. Think about what, what brings you hope genuinely, what inspires you, you know, literally. And can you think about engendering or developing or generating a, an attitude of hope and inspiration? It's, it's, a, it's a, a mindset, you know. Um, I know it's hard when something uninspiring happens to kind of go, now where can I find the inspiration here? Maybe my ability to manage an uninspiring situation. And then maybe it becomes inspiring, you know, uh, if you get me, 
you know, so every, depends on how you look at things, doesn't it? It's all about perception. You can look at it this way. I always used to work with this guy who used to say, well, the way I look at it is this, and he tilts his head that way. <laughs> the way I say it is like this, and he'd look around. <laughs> Very funny guy. Um, you know, but it is, isn't it? You know, and you can come back and look at it differently. It's all about perception. It's all about attitude. That's probably more important than what actually happens outside of you. You know, what you tell yourself. And just stay friendly with yourself. And if you can't stay friendly, don't be an enemy. Again, I'm going to quote the beautiful, gorgeous, magnificent, very, very much missed Connie Murphy and her family, but her, if I couldn't do you a good turn, I wouldn't do you a bad one. I quoted her last week and I'm quoting her again because those words are profound, aren't they? And she lived every bit of that. But say that to yourself even. If you couldn't do yourself a good turn, don't do yourself a bad one. You can't get enough of that. That's inspiring, isn't it? You know? So, I will not really leave you. I'll love you and maybe start loving you in a different way. Who knows? Whatever way that might be. There's millions of ways we can love each other, isn't there? From distance, close up, intensely, passionately, quietly, peacefully, uh, playfully, happily, hot and dirty, dirty sweet. All kinds of ways we can love each other and they're all beautiful. And we just find the best way for each other to do that. And on that interesting note, I hear a football match calling me and a bowl of soup and a nice sandwich and another nice pot of tea. I will be talking to you next week. And thank you again for being all your inspirational comments, by the way. Yeah, they'll get lovely, lovely. I'm very blessed. Lovely comments, both on the uh, our email, which is twilightconversations at gmail.com. Keep them coming in love hearing what you think of the the podcast or ideas you have or things you want me to cover please let me know but a lot of people then who do know me and have my number and contact and will or i'll bump into and will say always and they're people i trust if they if they didn't like it they'd say that was shy <laughs> you know what i mean they would i've got friends like that who will tell me so and um, i know that's a subjective experience isn't it some people you know would think it's great and others would think it's shy but Keep it coming in. It's very inspirational for me. It kind of moves through me. It's nice. Like on a Sunday afternoon, if I'm feeling a bit tired and I'm kind of going, ah, because I've got to come up to the room if I'm at home and set it up and put the microphone in place. And, you know, there's bits and pieces to do and click it in and get the recording device ready. And, da, 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 and it takes about an hour and a half overall. And I just want to maybe lie watching another match that's on before the Liverpool match. But I love doing it. But then I think of something someone has said and I kind of go, oh, fuck, I'm going up to do that now. So it really makes a difference. Human beings, we make a difference to each other. What we say is important. Never ever think what you say to someone is, is not helpful or important. So remember that. Okay. Talk with you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me in the Twilight Conversations. If you'd like to get in contact with us regarding any aspect of the show, you can get in touch at twilightconversations at gmail.com So the Twilight Conversations is an independent project. We're not getting any help from anybody. No major corporations or anything like that. So if you like the content, if you like what you're hearing, please continue to support us via our Patreon page patreon.com forward slash the Twilight Conversations.